This is the Fire Trainers Podcast, Season 2, Episode 15, published on December 13th, 2021. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and today our topic is cancellation policies. Our podcast is part of the ConcealCarry.com network, brought to you by XS Sites, the best sites in any light and made in the USA. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com and learn more about their instructor covers they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by Elite Survival Systems. Our students look to us for recommendations for top quality gear, and I have no problem recommending Elite Survival Systems gear. They offer a lifetime guarantee, and most of their products are made here in the USA, helping employ U.S. workers. I use the Guardian EDC backpack and have found it to be one of the most versatile backpacks I've ever used. Plenty of room inside, and the laser cut molly on the front and back allow attachment of plenty of additional gear. And that's on top of the space inside for a tablet and additional EDC gear. Their motto is, don't just survive, thrive. Visit EliteSurvival.com to see their complete lineup of quality products. We bring you this podcast to support the industry. The Second Amendment. And most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Jacob Paulson from ConcealCarry.com. Welcome, Jacob. Thanks for coming on the podcast again. Thanks for the invite. Uh, well, I know you've been on a couple of times before, but just in case there's uh, a couple of people out there who don't know who Jacob Paulson is, can you give us a little bit of your background? Yeah, I am a entrepreneur, internet marketer turned gun guy. I guess I've always been into firearms and self-defense, but more recently, about 15 years ago, I got involved pretty heavily in the firearm training business. Today, I'm the president of ConcealedCarry.com, and ConcealedCarry.com offers firearm training, education, and products, uh, and, and news, and you know, anything else we can think of to today's armed citizens. And we're, we're uh, you know, actively at it. Mm-hmm. Well, then you're perfect person to talk about this because I think a lot of instructors, both uh, new instructors and also um, experienced instructors, when it comes to a cancellation policy. Now, I think a lot of people take a hard hard line and going along and saying, you know, if you don't show up, you know, you lose your money. But you've t- you've written an article about that on the FTA website, and you actually have a very good. I think strong argument for why instructors should think about having a, a cancellation policy. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I guess we got to point out the obvious, right? Cause I think most instructors, they, they develop that policy the hard way. You know, you're new at this, you're just getting started. We've all been there. Right. And you have a class and it's got three people signed up and you're like, oh, man, is it even worth teaching three people for this class? Or maybe it's two or one or whatever the number is for you. But you decide, yeah, no, I'm going to do it because I care about American gun owners. And and I'm just getting, you know, I'm new at this after all, you know, I need to take what's what I got. So you show up to that class and then, you know, of the three people signed up, one shows up and you get two no shows. And that would be very unusual, but it happens, you know, that fluke day, that fluke Saturday. And you're just like, you've got to be kidding me. And those people want refunds, and you're like, man, that was a waste of my day. I had one student barely covered my hard cost or didn't even cover my hard cost for the range or the classroom or whatever thing, and you just, you're angry. And so you start doing research and looking around at what your competitors do, and you find out that they've all come to the same conclusion as you, and that is that you should have a no-refunds policy. Sorry, you signed up. You don't get a refund. I held that seat for you. And so I think that's a very like natural evolution 
uh, in our industry. And, I, and that's what seems to be the most common approach. But yeah, in my opinion, it's short-sighted and naive at best. Mm-hmm. Well, what are some of the reasons why it's uh, short-sighted uh, having a policy like that? Well, I'll first make a couple of disclaimers. You know, for our business, concealcarry.com, we're not teaching in one state. We teach in all, you know, potentially all 50 states. I, I couldn't tell you how many states we're active in right now. Probably right around half, like 25. But you do you do need to be aware that there are some states that have laws that prohibit you from having a no refund policy. So if there's a state law that says, hey, no, if, if for any purchase in this state, a customer has generally it's, it's worded like X number of hours, 72 hours is very common. They have 72 hours, they can get their money back. So obviously the, the law isn't written based on how soon the class is going to be. It's written based on uh, how long ago the purchase was made. So there are some, it's not, it's not a majority of states, it's a minority of states, but there are some states out there that have laws that require if someone you know, pays you for a, a product or service, and then within a certain number of days or hours, they request a refund, you give it to them. So we certainly, as a company, cannot afford to be uh, you know, non-compliant with some random state's law. So we choose to have a policy that we know will be compliant with every state. So that's the first thing to consider. And I say that because if you're listening to this, you might be in one of those minor minority number of states. So it's worth doing a quick Google search and seeing if that's you. Uh, here's another one. Credit card merchant processing. So you if you take credit cards online, you work with some sort of merchant provider and payment gateway, you know, PayPal or Stripe or Authorize.net or any other number of services out there um, that exist, some of which cater to the fire industry and others uh, you know, are more generic and broad. Those merchant providers really hate you if you have chargebacks. So what happens if you have a no refund policy and your, you know, your student calls and says, oh, I didn't make the class, can I get a refund? You say, sorry, we have a no refund policy. And uh, that student says, well, I hate you. And you say, too bad, that's our policy. And then they call up their credit card company and say, I want to dispute this charge. If you think that doesn't happen, you haven't been doing this long enough. That happens. And when they dispute that charge, that is a negative um, reputation issue for you with your merchant provider. Merchant providers do not like it when you get chargebacks, when you get disputes. It looks bad on you. And so, sure, one here, one there, you know, relative to, you know, if it's if it's less than 1% of your total uh, credit card charges, probably not a big deal, right? But if it starts to become 1%, 2%, you're going to have a problem. Your merchant provider might shut you down. They might put you in an escrow account. So they hold your funds for a certain number of days before they deposit them, whereas normally maybe they put them in a day later or two days later or something like that. So reducing potential for disputes and chargebacks is another good reason to just give people the refund. Uh, I have a, a third one, and the, I'm, I'm, I consider all these minor. We're going to get to the big one here soon, Rob, but, but here's a third minor reason why I think it's important to give people a refund if they ask for it or to allow them to cancel if they want to cancel. Uh, and that is an issue of what I'll just call like the golden rule, treat others like you want to be treated. Like crap happens. I, all of us have been there. In fact, it just happened to me. I was signed up to attend a trade show in Dallas, Texas, uh, the USCCA Expo, and I rented a VRBO, a rather large one, because I was going to take a whole team, like seven of us. And so it was like, yeah, you know, it was an expensive thing. I don't know, you know, so, several thousands of dollars uh, for this VRBO. And then I had a major health crisis, and our team was crazed, and we just decided we couldn't pull it off this year, and we didn't go. Well, I checked the VRBO about a week and a half before we we're supposed to show up. Sorry, no refunds, no cancellations. Now, that's on me. I booked that property. 
But is that how I would want to be treated? Like, no, I don't want to be treated that way. I feel angry that I'm out thousands of dollars. Now, the average you know, firearm class is not thousands of dollars. But how would you want to be treated? Like, I just I don't think any of us would want to be on the receiving end of finding out, sorry, you can't have a refund. Mm-hmm. And, and really, when you think about from a firearms training perspective, we're really in the customer service business. Yes. Where, you know, the, the better service we give our customers and, you know, knowledge, skills, attitude, the better they're going to perform outside of our class and more likely to come back for additional training. And at the same time, they're going to be, you know, talking to their friends, which word of mouth, we know when it comes to marketing is probably the best, uh, most effective way of uh, improving your sales. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, we're always looking for ways to set ourselves off uh, and make ourselves different from, from our competitors, right? And so it's really easy to cop the excuse of, well, that's that's the standard in this industry. My industry standard is that we don't offer refunds or cancellations. Most of us will allow a reschedule, right? Oh, you missed my class on Saturday. You can come to the one two weeks from now. But we don't, you know, refunds, no, sorry, no way. Um, yeah, that, that, that you might be valid in saying that that's an industry standard in our industry. But that doesn't mean that you have to do it. You still have a choice. And this is one way you can make yourself different than your competition. And frankly, in my opinion, it's good for your brand. If, I can't imagine call, having someone call me up and be like, hey, it's t- today's Thursday. I'm not going to be able to make the class on this Saturday. I just found out I have to work. Uh, what are my options? I can't fathom me saying, well, you can't have a refund. Like That just sounds horrible. Like mm-hmm. I'd be angry if I was that person, if I was in their shoes. So I won't do that to people. Uh, so you know, when that happens to us, our customer service team would say, well, you can do whatever you want. We can refund you. You can reschedule to a future class. Uh, if you don't know, if you don't, you know, too busy right now to look at a future class, we can just hold it as a credit and you can apply it later when you have time to look at our, our class schedule. Uh, you, you know, you tell us what you want to do. We'll do it right now. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's what it's simply the golden rule. That's what we would want done to us. That's what we do to others. And, and we don't want to jeopardize our brand over 50 to hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got a, a example that happened to me. I had a guy register for class instructor training class three three months out in advance he was all psyched to take it and things like that two weeks before he calls me up and he tells me hey i just got laid off of work you know i'm not going to be able to make it um and i'm calling you to see if i can get a refund because my work prospects to where he was it's you know he's like it's going to take me a couple months to get back on my feet and everything now of course you know could go along and say hey no refund but at the same time to your point you know, the golden rule, what would I want somebody to do if I was like, Hey, just got laid off, you know, money's going to be tight for the next couple months, not going to be able to make it. And, you know, you know, he, he asked for a refund. I gave him the refund. And just last year, guess what? He came back and finished his class pay, yeah. uh, paid for it. But it was one of those things where he remembered, uh, this has probably been four or five years ago, but he remembered what I did and that I was, you know, compassionate and, and understood the situation. And yeah, I could have went along and said, Hey, you know, push, you know, we'll apply it to a future class, but no, it made sense to go along and give him a uh, refund. And that's one of those things where, you know, treat each other as we would like to be treated. And I, I will add a, a disclaimer here because I, I do think that you have to be practical as well. So for, for example, um, you know, an average, you know, like, like if we're talking like a concealed carry class in this country, that's kind of going to run you somewhere between 40 bucks and about 200 bucks, depending on what state and who you're taking the class from. But that's about our range. That's very different than a class that's a three-day weekend class that's 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's also other considerations relative to hard costs that you might have to incur that you can't recover. So I think it's okay also to like have a sliding scale, to have 
a policy that's that's more dynamic. For example, and, and this is true uh, in our company, classes that cost less than $150, no questions asked. You want to refund? Just ask. Boom. You 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 want to you miss the class and you call us two months later and you want to refund? No problem. No, you're good to go. But if it's more than $150, we have different policies depending on the price range. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, we just did our Guardian conference, and the Guardian conference was a tough one because we had a bunch of hard costs that we incurred leading up. We were ordering people's lunches and dinners and food, and uh, we had to pay you know uh, you know range fees and have targets and target stands and instructors are coming to teach, and the number of instructors and how many out, how many classes they're going to teach is going to vary based on the number of people signing up. I mean, this is a six-figure event in terms of cost. And so it's, you know, that was a situation where we did not offer, you know, no question asked full refund day before the event. We had a sliding scale. Hey, you want a full refund? You can do that up to X number of days before the event. And then in this time period, you can get this much of a refund. And in this time period, you can get that much of a refund. So we still tried to make it fair, something that that we could explain to the customer. They could say, okay, I get it. I understand why you guys have to do it that way. Um, But but we still didn't have any, you know, there was no one at any time who could have called and we would have said, sorry. Too bad. You get nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. And the Guardian Conference went off very well. And everybody who came there and even some of the people that were unable to make it there because of travel, um, I'm sure they appreciate your, um, your, your policies for sure. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. And, and we were, you know, having done that event next year, we're going to tweak that policy, make it a little bit more friendly to the attendee based on knowing some of our numbers and what's likely and those kinds of things. But, but it's it, the golden rule matters. And so, yeah, those are the three, like I'll call like minor things um, mm-hmm. in this discussion relative to marketing and business. First, state law. Two, merchant provider reputation concerns. And third, the golden rule, just doing to others as you would do to yourself. And then, and then there's the big one, Rob. And this is the one I think most people just would never cross their mind, frankly. And unless you have the data, you, you probably wouldn't even believe it in theory. But we think of a cancellation policy as something that impacts the consumer after the purchase is made, right? So you probably hide that policy on the website. Maybe it's in some fine print, someone clicks that they've read. Maybe it's on, you know, on some link in the footer of the website, but probably it's not up front and center because if, you, if your policy is no refund, sorry, then you know that the more up front and center you put that, the more it is likely to dissuade someone from signing up, right? So most of us- You, you, know, you would think it would. You think, yeah, that would be mm-hmm. your, you know, obvious. And I certainly have seen fire instructors, by the way, that do make it very obvious. It's right on the sign-up form, FYI, no refunds, no matter what. They're trying to be very transparent, which I think is fantastic. But I guarantee it impacts the number of people who sign up for class in a negative way, right? Less people are likely to sign up when they see that. Cause they're like, oh, well, geez, actually, I'm not so sure about my schedule. It's possible I could get called into work that day. Maybe I shouldn't sign up for this one. I'll go check the next dude's website on Google, right? So. So I think that we have to be conscientious of that fact. But what we what never seems to cross anyone's mind on th- in this discussion is that the opposite is true. If you have a policy of 100% guarantee, refund, you know, no questions asked at any point, just call us and say, I want my money back and you can have it, even if it's after the class has passed, you know, no problem, then wouldn't displaying that policy boldly and proudly increase customer conversion, customer sign-up? And the answer is it does. It absolutely does because it's not just about the policy. It's also about communicating the policy and making it a benefit to the consumer. When mm-hmm. I make it a benefit to the student, then it does make me stand out against my competition, right? So if you go to sign up for a concealed carry class or a firearm class on, on concealedcarry.com uh, and you go look at the product description, you're going to see a big, 
massive image. I mean, it is on a mobile phone. It probably fills the entire screen. And that image says, your, your purchase is 100% guaranteed. And then in smaller words, it says something like, no questions asked, refund policy. If you can't attend the class for any reason, or you just want a refund back for any reason, just contact our Colorado-based support team and you got it. Now, the policy is good. It makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. It makes sure that I'm compliant with all the state laws and my merchant provider gets less upset with me. But by displaying it prominently, it increases conversion rate. It increases sign-up rate, right? The percentage of people mm-hmm. who look at the product, a higher percentage of them say yes and give me money and sign up for the class because I've prominently told them they can have their money back if they want it. Mm-hmm. And do you have any um, experience as far as what kind of uh, conversion rate increase? 15%. 15%? Wow. That's that's a... Uh, yeah, like that's that's on the higher to you know, mid to high range of what we have seen, depending on where where the data has experiment has been run. But fifteen percent. So if a hundred people land on my site and my normal conversion rate is five out of a hundred, a fifteen percent increase that that's probably one or one and a half more students than I would have had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking that over time frame of a year. That could be, you know, a significant num- additional number oh, of people, yeah. um, you know, attending classes. Sure. Now, th- now, there's going to be some loss, right, to that benefit. Like, we have to acknowledge that, yay, we get more signups this way, but don't we also have some losses? Don't we occasionally then have a smaller class where we might break even or lose money? Sure. Don't we Then don't we also increase the number of people who ask for a refund? Yes, absolutely. Like, if you say 100% guaranteed refund, just call and ask, you're going to give out more refunds, I promise. Like, but it, but the argument here is that that's counterbalanced uh, by increasing the number of signups and and you increase the number of signups substantially enough to more than offset the losses of handing out more refunds. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that is uh, definitely, you know, something to think about when it comes to cancellation policies, because it's, you know, comes down to, you know, getting seats, uh, butts and seats. And yeah, we hate to have an open seat, but at the same time, if uh, we can turn that negative experience of them canceling and put it into a good experience to where they're like, wow, these guys were really easy to work with. They're going to be talking about it to their family and friends. And hopefully that one empty seat might turn into two, three, four, four additional seats as they refer to friends, uh, colleagues, um, you know, business associates, things like that. Yeah, we, we have to think, um, more broadly about the impact of your of your cancellation policy yeah and and it's it's not just how am i going to deal with the people who don't show up it's also can i leverage this as an asset to increase the number of people who sign up there's a company out there and i don't have their permission so i can't share their name uh, but they're a competitor of ours relative to they you know they work with various instructors they they offer a network of instructors you can go to their website and find classes across the country and they, the way they run their business model is they run traffic to that site, you know, they run ads, et cetera. And they don't actually take any payment at all on the site. They just have people fill out a form promising to show up and people are supposed to bring payment with them when they get there. Now they've, they've done it both ways, but they, according to their data, and I, I, I don't go this far. I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't think this data would pan out for me, but I think it's an interesting case study if it's true. According to their data, the dramatic increase in signups that they receive because people effectively have no obligation. They're not putting any money down. The, the massive increase in signups they receive because of that offsets the number of people who don't show up because they have no skin in the game. 
So in the end, they end up with more students in the room. Now, that wouldn't work for most volume instructors because you need to kind of know how many people are coming so you can make sure you have a big enough venue and enough mm -hmm. materials, et cetera. But I just use it as an example to uh, give an, an additional extreme example about how your policies affect conversion rate, upfront sign-up rate. Yep. Well, and I think also, too, I'm just thinking, you know, from a retail standpoint, how things have changed, uh, given, you know, like Amazon and how many of us order from Amazon because we've got prime already and we can return it, you know, free of charge. And, you know, essentially that's aligns just with what you're talking about from a policy perspective. You don't think about it. Do I really need it? You know, what am I going to do? It's too big or too small. It's order it. And if I don't like it. I'll just send it back. It's as simple as that. Yeah, you're right. The consumer expectation has changed. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe 15 years ago, someone was not going to get upset if they signed up for a class and you told them, sorry, no refunds. But today's consumer is different. Today's consumer is going to be like, you're kidding. Really? Not, I can't get. A, are you joking? Like where else in the world do they buy things and they can't return it for a refund? Like it's 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 unheard of. Uh, I mean, think what Amazon's doing to shipping expectations. We have we had a customer this about three weeks ago. And. Uh, they ordered something on our website on concealedcare.com, a physical product, a physical good, on Friday at 6 p.m. Okay, on Sunday, they sent us an email. Why hasn't it shipped yet? Well, Amazon has retrained the world to believe that anywhere on the internet you buy something, it ships like 12 hours later, and mm -hmm. it comes two-day shipping. Now, heaven forbid, we don't work on the weekends. We don't ship your order until Monday, and when we do, it goes first class, which means three to five days. People are just astounded at how horrible that is. Well, that was, a, that was a fine expectation 10 years ago, but today Amazon has changed that, right? And so the same thing with cancellation policies, the same thing with refunds. If you've been in this business for a while, if you said, well, it's never been an issue for me before, you know, maybe it's hurting your brand more than you know, because the consumer expectation has changed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Amazon having its own fleet of trucks definitely helps out on delivery. And I don't know if uh, you're going to be able to swing a fleet of concealed carry uh, trucks to be doing uh, deliveries on the weekends. I, I don't see two day <laughs> delivery coming from concealedcarry.com anytime soon. Unless somebody wants to, wants to pay for, you know, that, that kind of expediting shipping. Oh, sure. Yeah. 30 bucks for a barrel block. No problem. <laughs> yeah. If I ever got to pay, uh, do something like that, I always make sure it's uh, the value of the product, at least more than the shipping so that I can at least justify it a little bit and not be paying, you know, X number of times more for a product. So, That's how it works. Hey, Jacob, um, quick question for you. Do you have a uh, book or instructor that you'd like to recommend to our listeners that they should check out and, um, you know, as far as in their library or their training to improve themselves? Yeah, I knew this question was coming, so I am, I am prepared. And I, I'm a big reader of U.S. history. And most of those books tend to be biographies, you know, John Adams or Benjamin Franklin or, you know, whoever. Uh, but an interesting book that I read yeah, semi-recently is called George Washington's Secret Six. The subtitle is The Spy Ring That Saved the American Revolution. And it's kind of a story of the efforts of the Continental Army relative to spying on the British Army and Navy and, and having an intelligence network set up. Uh, in front of the CIA building in Langley, Virginia, is a statue of the first ever spy in American history. His name was Nathan something. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, he, he was a spy for all of the, like two weeks before the British found him out and killed him. They, 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 you know, they, they killed him for treason. 
And so Washington learned very quickly that he had to do a better job. And so the book kind of takes you through the story of the Culper spy ring, uh, which was extremely successful. And in fact, it, it really wasn't until the last 30 or 40 years or so that historians actually finally figured out the identity of Culper Jr., who was, who was the primary spy feeding Washington intelligence back in 1780s. You know, no, well, I, that would be uh, really neat to see because in a lot of cases, uh, it's just fascinating reading history and, and realizing what they had to do to survive, what they had to do to you know, make the country what it is today. Well, I mean, if you, until I mean, think about warfare today versus what it was in 1776, right? Like it's changed enormously. Today, intelligence is like our number one commodity. Um, it's always been important in warfare. It certainly was then, and it, mm-hmm. it arguably swung the fate of the revolution for sure. But uh, yeah, intelligence, man, that's it's everything today. Yeah, and back then you had to you know be there in person too, so it was yeah. very easy to see who was all in the room. Now, yeah, you know, write letters, you, pass them around. You know? mm-hmm. Now, if you can tap into email or a website, things like that, you <laughs> might be able to find the same same information out. Very That's interesting. Right. Wait, Jacob, where can uh, instructors find out about uh, you and and the uh, work that you're doing? Concealedcare.com. So, as an instructor, I'll bring your attention to three things very quickly. Uh, first. On our website, you can go to consultcare.com and click on biz directory, or you can just go directly to biz, B-I-Z And this is a directory of firearm instructors, firearm ranges, uh, uh, gunsmiths, you know, gun manufacturers, et cetera, related businesses in our industry. And you can go as an instructor and get a free listing in that directory. It doesn't cost you a dime. There are options you can pay extra to get some additional benefits, but I see no reason why a person wouldn't at least get a free listing in, in the website. There's over... 100,000 total listings across all the various different uh, business categories. And people access that not only on our website, but also on our mobile app. So I'd encourage you to get your free listing there. The second thing I'll bring attention to is we do have an instructor network. You can learn more at class.concealedcarry.com. This is where students are searching for classes across the country, across our instructor network, and also where you as an instructor can learn more about our network, how our business model works. We're getting ready to make some pretty significant uh, technology investments into that op- that part of our business, into that operation. So some exciting things there. And then third and last, I would encourage you as an instructor to get signed up for our affiliate program, conciliacare.com. And then you scroll down to the very bottom in the footer, you'll see a link that says affiliate area. And it doesn't cost anything to be an affiliate, uh, but you can certainly earn earn money referring people to our website to buy products. And that's true of all of our sister you know companies as well, all, all the other brands uh, that fall under our umbrella, like Mountain Man Medical, Ready Up Gear, and Range Tech Timer. And if anybody wants to go along and find out about more about the affiliate program, we've had you on previous episodes about uh, talking about the affiliate program. That's right. Yeah, so. we did put a part one and a part two on you know how to be a good affiliate in the industry. Mm-hmm. So, yep. So take a, take a listen to those episodes one hundred one and one hundred five. One hundred one, one hundred five. Uh, you're yeah. quick, quicker than I am, uh, Jacob, on uh, on those. <laughs> okay. Um, well, thanks, Jacob, and have a good day. Thanks, Rob. That's a wrap on this episode, and let's announce this week's podcast gear winner. The winner of a Ready Up Gear MCF Spark Flashlight is Dave S. Next week, we're giving away a Shall Not Be Infringed t-shirt. Visit podcast.concealcarry.com to enter in for our weekly prize giveaway. Remember, enter in each week for the prize giveaway as your entries do not carry over from week to week. Remember to check out our website where you can search for various topics from how to get started with a website to earning extra money through affiliate marketing. All this information is at firearmtrainerpodcast.com. 
have any ideas for new episodes, suggestions on guests I have, or feedback, please email me at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Check out the other concealedcarry.com podcast, the original concealedcarry.com podcast with Riley Bowman, or the off-duty, on-duty podcast with Brian Eastrich. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember, use promo code FTP10 for 10% off on your policy. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every fire instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.